Hello, everyone. We are here today with George Pitagorsky. Um, he's a connection of mine through LinkedIn, um, but also he's part of the project management community, um, which I have um, you know, a large audience in and have had some experience myself. Um, so I wanted to take the opportunity today um, to get to know him a little bit more and introduce him to you. So with that, George, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? Okay, so um, I'm George Pinagorski. I live in New York City, and uh, I've been in a career that has spanned uh, several decades, but uh, more importantly, it's expanded the uh, software development, <laughs> enterprise uh, change world, project management, uh, several years of instructional design, development, uh, and uh, training person, particularly in a focus on project management. And currently, I'm uh, operating as the uh, Chief Information Officer for a uh, fairly large segment of the New York City Department of Education. Not the learning part of it, but the uh, uh, support services, which deals with food, uh, busing, and uh, sports programs, a multi-billion dollar operation. So uh, that's on kind of the, uh, the business organizational side of my life, and the other side of my life is uh, 40 some odd years as a uh, yogi, meditator, and uh, over the last 20 years teaching meditation and uh, Eastern wisdom traditions in uh, in and around New York, but also traveling with respect to that. And uh, my focus is on how to integrate those two things. So the teaching that I do is about relationships and uh, how one can develop relationships through the use of mindfulness and uh, wisdom teaching, and then how do you apply that in daily life in the context of organizations or couples or what have you. Um, so I'm uh, an old guy. I'm 76 years old. I was born in Brooklyn and uh, lived by the beach until my parents had this crazy idea of moving to the suburbs and since uh, then grown up in, uh, in and around the New York City uh, area, and currently live in Manhattan, in a high-rise, and I'm looking out over a uh, nice, uh, expansive view of the building. Nice. Well, it's very yeah. nice to meet you. Um, so tell me a little bit about your story. You said, you know, your 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 passions are, you know, mindfulness, you know, your yogi. Um, you also have a lot of business experience. So um, how did you get into those two areas and, you know, how do they blend? Okay, so uh, I started out uh, after college going into a uh, job as a computer programmer and uh, very quickly became a, an entrepreneur as part of the startup of a uh, Software development, software design uh, group, and through the group uh, from 1968 through uh, 75 when I left uh, into a you know, fairly substantial company. Uh, in the early 70s, late 60s, I started to become involved with uh, uh, yoga, and a particular brand of yoga called Kundalini Yoga, and uh, very rigorous, very uh, uh, combination of different kinds of spiritual uh, practices, uh, including uh, very, very strong uh, hatha yoga. And that led me into a whole realm of, uh, of interesting stuff. So I, by 1975, 
dropped out of my company. I sold my interest in it and then took my family, uh, which at that time had two young children and, and uh, my wife, uh, who came along kicking and screaming, as we uh, kind of took to the hippie trail in the United States. So we uh, bought a van, we went to fourth country, spent several months pushing uh, the, the, uh, the southwest primarily, and, uh, and then the following year I uh, took uh, the opportunity to take uh, six weeks at something called Naroka Institute, which was a, uh, and continues to be, a, a university dedicated to uh, Buddhist uh, studies. And uh, after that couple of years, I realized that uh, hippiedom and living on the road was not for me, so I decided to get back into the, uh, the world of uh, a business and, uh, and organization. Uh, so I went back to my old company and uh, started up a, uh, a learning systems division. And uh, we started to develop uh, technical courses and some software courses. And this is back in the, uh, the late 1970s. And uh, so that led to a, uh, a moving on to a uh, private consulting practice. So I became a, an independent consultant after starting that, uh, that division up. And uh, in that context, I focused heavily on uh, project management and uh, organizational change management, uh, and also took on some uh, uh, management of relatively large, complex projects in the financial industry, uh, which was a background that I came to through the uh, software design and development uh, organization. So that lasted until the 1990s when I came in contact with a, uh, a learning uh, organization that uh, specialized in project management. They uh, took me on still as a consultant, but uh, I became the uh, 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 managing director of their product development activity and uh, one of the thought leaders in, in that environment and developed folks uh, instructor-led and uh, computer-based training in project management, uh, as well as business analysis and things like that. Uh, that lasted until the uh, 2008 uh, decline of the economy, when the training industry went into the uh, uh, Great Recession. And uh, at the same time, I uh, came across this uh, opportunity to go in as a consultant with the uh, Department of Education, which this, this division that I'm involved with now uh, had the desire to uh, uh, move more quickly into the uh, 21st century than they had been moving. So my role there began as a uh, enterprise architect and consultant, and then after uh, several years, uh, they asked me to come on board as the chief information officer for this group. That, so uh, these two things. Uh, kind of intertwined with one another because once I returned from my uh, hiatus as a hippie, I uh, still kept up my practices and uh, cultivated more and more of a uh, coaching and teaching practice in the area of uh, mindfulness meditation and the integration of mindfulness meditation into the daily life. So uh, myself and a, uh, a teaching partner developed a course called Conscious Living, Conscious Working, which uh, is a five-month program uh, to give people the, uh, the ability to take 
these practices and bring them into their daily life. Uh, and that's been uh, uh, regularly taught for 15 years now. Uh, and then in addition to that, I developed some courses in uh, relationship management, relationship skills, uh, mindfulness-based relationship skills, uh, as well as some other courses that are more esoteric in the area of Great. So talk to me a little bit more about, um, you know, this idea of mindfulness and how does it integrate with work? Like, how do you, I guess, how do you blend the two? How do you, what's the advice you would give for someone who is interested in it, I guess? Right. Yeah, so mindfulness is a, uh, well, mindfulness meditation, mindfulness in and of itself is a, uh, a capability, a mental capability that has to do with the observation of whatever it is that's occurring. Everybody is mindful to some degree or another. Mindfulness meditation practice enhances one's ability to be present and mindfully aware of whatever is occurring in and around oneself. And that capability leads to a uh, set of insights into the nature of one's own operation, one's mind, as well as the, uh, the nature of uh, things in general. So by observing what's going on, one sees that there's a significant amount of change and impermanence, uh, there's a significant amount of uh, things that are going on that are not the ones liking necessarily, and then there's the, uh, the constancy of process and movement leading to the notion that there's, there's nothing that's solid. Now, that is a uh, uh, set of uh, information practices that is on an individual level. It leads to, and there's a tremendous amount of literature on it, a big movement towards uh, mindfulness-based stress reduction and so forth. A side effect of this practice is the uh, reduction of stress and the ability to be more emotionally intelligent, more socially intelligent, because when one is not being reactive to one's mind and to all of the various uh, impulses that come up, one has the ability to be more uh, engaging, more compassionate, more loving and kind, and accepting of other people. And that's pretty much where the, uh, the integration into daily life comes into play. Uh, it's arguable that uh, relationship is the uh, is kind of the bedrock foundation for all of our, uh, for our lives, you know, whether they're in organizations, families, uh, culture, uh, communities, etc. If I can now generate a greater degree of mindfulness, calm myself down, become less reactive, then I'm going to be able to operate more effectively in the world. How do I do that? Well, I, in effect, learn to practice mindfulness meditation, uh, which uh, can be done in a number of different ways, very formally, very informally, a lot of different uh, possibilities there. And then I cultivate that uh, that capability and bring to it uh, some wisdom teaching. You know, what uh, what have the philosophers, what have the uh, you know the uh, the great thinkers been telling us over the last several centuries, if not longer, about the way that we can live more effectively in the world? Bringing mindfulness together with that degree of wisdom now 
changes the whole context of one's life. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And it's really inspirational. So what stories do you have maybe, you know, from your own life or, you know, people that you've worked with where you've seen this kind of transformation and how has it benefited? Well, I, you know, just one example, let's say a, you know, an individual has uh, some anger management problems. A man, you know, I've worked with uh, myself and you know, others in the uh, in this world of technology where you've got uh, very highly intelligent people, super capable, but have absolutely no patience with anyone that's not as intelligent as they are. You should run into people like this, yes? So, yes, definitely. Uh, <laughs> of course. Yeah. So, uh, so by working with a, a person like that, by teaching them the, uh, you know, the capacity to sit back and observe his own inner feelings, his own inner process, and not have to uh, express the frustration and the anger, but instead cultivate the capacity to sit with it. And then, having been able to you know, kind of hold back the, uh, the explosiveness of the, uh, you know, the, the frustration, choose what to do next. So I've you know, worked with, with people who have moved from the ability from the inability to uh, to uh, simply sit in a meeting and to not express you know you know violence but you know explosive thoughts and uh, uh, their frustrations and who have now been able to operate as not only an observer but a, an observer who is now able to facilitate the uh, the meeting even if he he or she is not the uh, the leader of that meeting. So the, that ability, you know, the project manager to uh, to not get caught up in their fears is another aspect of it. Uh, in project management work, what often happens is that there's a set of deadlines or budgets that have to be uh, uh, that, that one has to fit into, and uh, because of a fear of failure, one is starting to make decisions that are not skillful. For example. Putting out a product that uh, that doesn't really work, that hasn't really been fully tested in order to meet a deadline. So by learning how to again sit with the feeling of this anxiety and this fear of failure and so forth, and step back and say, okay, what's my best uh, option here? One has the ability to uh, to be more successful. Uh, so I've written a couple of books to bring these things into the uh, into the context of uh, you know, the business project. Uh, one of them is called the Zen Approach to Project Management. And in that book, I'm basically teaching how or giving people the, the ability to use mindfulness meditation and what we call the Zen Approach to, uh, you know, to again, be more capable of responsiveness as opposed to the activity. Then my second book is a book on uh, conflict management, which deals with the ability to enter into conflict, which is you know endemic in the world, and uh, nothing wrong with it. In fact, it's a very useful thing if it's managed properly. You know, how do you manage it in a mindful way that brings in the various techniques of uh, communication, problem solving, decision making, and so forth, melding those things together 
get to that place where we can move more and more towards win-win solutions, at the same time recognizing that sometimes you can't do that. You have to live with uh, win-win situations. Uh, and then my third book is uh, adds on to that by bringing in the idea that managing expectations is a key to success, not only in projects, but in life in general. And in that book, I'm uh, providing a, uh, an approach to, again, engage mindfulness with a set of analytical tools and uh, communication tools that will enable people to set realistic expectations, manage them through the course of, uh, of a relationship or a, uh, a project, and uh, again, cultivate a greater probability of success. So if someone's listening today, sorry, my phone's totally sitting here. Uh-huh. Um, if someone's listening today and they, you know, want to learn a little bit more about um, this topic, mm-hmm. would uh, first of all, where can they find your books, and where, where would you suggest they start? Well, my books are available on Amazon. Uh, you know, the easiest place probably to get them. Uh, George Pitagorsky and uh, Put out the spelling and uh, then approach to project management, managing conflict in projects, and managing expectations. Mindfully using mindful. So, those three uh, books can be uh, obtained through Amazon or any of the other uh, uh, vehicles. One can just go on Google or Bingit. So that's one way. I also publish a, uh, a monthly newsletter called Breakthrough. The Breakthrough newsletter is available on uh, via my website, uh, which is uh, pedagorskyconsulting.com, and uh, that provides a uh, oh, 10, 12 years worth of articles on this kind of thing. In addition, through a, uh, an organization that I uh, called IAL that I uh, have a relationship with, I published three YouTube videos on mindfulness meditation, meditation at your desk, and uh, meditation on the way to work, uh, walking and uh, traveling type of meditation. So those are available there. And then there are you know, probably 6,000 books by other people who are uh, you know, writing about Mindfulness, uh, meditation, and uh, its application. Excellent. That's awesome. I will definitely will post all the links so that everyone can um, yeah. access your information. Um, so we're getting to the end of our time. So if there was anything that you wanted to leave, you know, the listeners with today, what would it be? Well, it would be uh, the message that I try to put out is to cultivate sufficient amounts of uh, presence of your of mind to be able to be responsive as opposed to reactive and then to uh, cultivate the motivation for that response to be uh, integrated with a degree of compassion and loving kindness and based on that one can then apply and do whatever one needs to do whatever it is Well, thank you very much for speaking with me today, George. It was great to get to know you a little bit more. My pleasure. Thank you for having me on. Oh, absolutely.